Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common. Go head to head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's final Clash Potters in Control. So on Monday, we wondered what Nintendo intended or nintended with Super Mario Brothers, which means today, well, Sega, if Sega can do any better. From 2020, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm Sonic, a little ball of super energy in an extremely handsome package. On my planet, people were always after my powers, so I came to yours. It gets a little lonely, but that's okay. I am living my best life on Earth. Ow! We'll have a winner at the end of the show, but which film will it be? Super Mario Brothers or Sonic the Hedgehog? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Clash Potters in control. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. Of course I want a latte. I love how you make them. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crumpton. I'm Chris Tilly. It's here, the final... Ever Clash Potters in control. <laughs> I know I said it on Monday and you were right to correct me because it wasn't the last ever on Monday. It's the today last ever is. today. Yeah. But if you don't want the listeners to pick another film ever, that's fine. I just don't think uh, the name's good. That's what I meant. I've had time to think about it. I've had time to have a comeback to your discussion about whether I should or shouldn't have used the Ugh. word ever. Ugh. Oh. Ugh. I was about to say this is going to be one of the fastest shows we've ever done, <laughs> but now I feel like we're in a debate about the name. <laughs> No, just get on with the show. All right, fine. I'll just get on with the show then. Here we go. Before we enter our final ever Clash Brothers in Control, let me just have this moment. This is the last time I'm going to be able to say it. Goodbye, February, Fanny. <laughs> Until next February. <laughs> I've enjoyed that word. <laughs> Very quickly, uh, before we get on to the episode, if you haven't subscribed to us, if you would be kind enough to do so on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods, that would be massively appreciated by the three of us. And if you're able to give us a little rating or review, that would be great. And if you do give us a review, it would be read out on the show by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Tilly, which sounds a bit like this. This podcast saved my life. 
Melodramatic, I know, but as Storm Eunice knocked a tree onto the power lines just outside Manchester, I was stuck on a train with no power for three hours. No. Thankfully, I've been listening to Clash of the Titles lately and this podcast kept me sane. The chemistry between the three hosts, Alex, Vicky and Chris, makes you feel like you're not listening to any other podcast, but makes you feel as if you're sat in a pub with your mates pitting films against each other, as all mates do right. After finding this podcast some time ago, I've been left with only two questions. Why did I not find this podcast sooner? And why on earth was Waterworld paired with Aquaman and not <laughs> Mad Max? <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for the last, guys. I look forward to listening for years to come. All the best, Mark. Five stars. Now, thank you, Mark, but I'm surprised you didn't spot that the connection are they're both fishmen. That's why they were paired. <laughs> I thought it was obvious. I thought we mentioned it. Mark. Oh, Mark. Welcome, Mark. I feel like you and I are going to get on. Mm. Why? Probably Why? probably thinks Lance Henriksen wasn't King Bowser in the film, which he, just looking here, he actually was. <laughs> there you go. A little bit of IMDb there for you. A little bit. Little oh, well, bit. You, it's about Monday. Lance, uh, no. It's Lance Henriksen is not... <sighs> credited as King Bowser on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you were on a trip, just asking just for a friend, for three hours without mm. power, do you get free wine? Because I bet you do. Or you should. What? We live in England. <laughs> Shit like that doesn't happen. <laughs> it happened to me once. Okay. On a, on a train. On a train. It was so packed. There was because it was after I think the Hatfield thing, so the trains were going really slowly. It was a nightmare. Every single train out of London, Euston, going to Manchester was was rammed. And so mm. even if you had a very expensive ticket, you had to stand up. And so someone took the decision to. It's a crazy decision. Thinking about it, to make that okay with everyone, everybody got free wine. <laughs> it was amazing. I don't. I mean, they have to go back to like head office to make that call. No one on a train. I mean, I I might be wrong. This isn't this isn't a slight on train well, you, staff, but I don't yeah. believe any any member of a, a, a train staff has the ability yeah. to go free wine for that's, everyone. That's why it was a hero moment because the conductor or the guard or whatever, the boss, the manager was last like, day, <laughs> last day at work. That's you true. got very very lucky. Yeah, and that's my, why I'm still going about it. It's, it's my last day at work. Ago. I'm just going to turn a blind eye. Yeah. The bars are free for all. Free wine. It is the opposite of what they do on planes. If you're stuck on a plane, they hide the booze. Really? Of course. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. You know, 10 hours on a plane. Yeah. Two toilets, gross. What, That's what, what, what happens having, when you? Well, no, that was the other problem with the the Virgin, as was the Virgin Pendolino from London, Euston to Manchester Piccadilly. Everyone's drinking wine. Everybody needs a wee. The toilets are already pretty gross, so oh, it got worse. And it's a Pendolino, so it leans. It leans, and also because I was stood up because there were no seats, I was stood by the toilet. So it, well, that oh, wasn't very nice. And also, like the seats are quite smooth, so if it cur- if it's on enough of an angle, you just slide you right slip off there. Off the toilet. <laughs> you slide right off there. And suddenly you're sloshing about in all that whiny piss <laughs> like on the floor. Like a marble in a glass of water. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 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 I think if we go over an hour on the podcast, <laughs> we should get free wine. <laughs> right then, on Monday, Chris uh, took us through Super Mario. Oh, yeah, sorry, on Monday, uh, Chris showed us that Super Mario... I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? Like have a... you just not written anything? Yeah, no, I have. Okay. <laughs> I, I just wrote it wrong. I'm glad to read. Yeah. And then I didn't think to read it right. Okay. I just read it wrong. <laughs> on Monday, Chris showed us that Super Mario involves taking a lot of mushrooms, which means today this could be our fastest show ever as Vicky <laughs> races through Sonic the Hedgehog V takes on a journey. My Sonic, what big teeth you have and feet and also your shoes are wrong until they're not because after the residents of the internet, the world made such a fuss, the blue blur was retrofitted 
to be less existentially abhorrent, and the first live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie was born. Sonic teams up with James Marsden, who was supposed to believe eats loads of donuts and is therefore the donut lord, even though he's blade thin, and he's probably just called that to trick your subconscious into equating him with another chill, witty hero in a horrible jacket called Something Lord. Anyway... Jim Carrey stars as Jim Carrey. Oh, you remember from movies such as I'm Jim Carrey, and so am I. I'm Jim Carrey. <laughs> and Sonic is lonely. And even though he calls Donut Lord his friend, and in this iteration is a preteen child, Donut Lord is all like, we're not friends. What a cruel dick move that is. So Sonic wants to leave, but he's lost his rings, then finds them, then bounces on Robotnik's hoverplane thing, which is actually fun if you like the game, but nonsensical otherwise, and banishes Robotnik to the mushroom world for now, because there's a sequel in which Tails has fangs and stilettos and Knuckles has one massive free-roaming eye. Not really. I love those Jim Carrey movies. <laughs> top three, top three for me. <laughs> I'm Jim Carrey. I'm Jim Carrey and so am I. That's my favourite. He made them all in a year. <laughs> $20 million. It's incredible. So I've ne- I hadn't seen this film, um, but I was a very big Sonic the Hedgehog fan, but more specifically Sonic 2. So I started, that would have been like 94, so I would have been like 12 or 13, and played Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for many, many months. That's all my tales. Yeah. Right. It's the one with Tails. It's the one with the underwater level. Um, I can't remember much more about it, but I just absolutely loved it. I played it all the time. And because it was my first proper games console, I had a Commodore. My granddad had a Commodore 128, then a Commodore 64. Oh, oh, yep. And then we went big. And I was allowed to choose either a Nintendo or a Sega Mega Drive. And I chose a Sega Mega Drive. Interesting. And so I, I think Sonic might have come with it. I don't know. Probably. But I think I it loved did. It. Yeah. I think yeah. it did. Uh, so there we are. That's interesting. I see. I was I was never a massive fan of the Sonic games. I am now, but one game in particular, which is uh, Team Sonic Racing, which is basically a knockoff Mario Kart that's not as good as Mario Kart Eight, but is still pretty fucking good. Yeah. Uh, so I like that game. Um, I, I've over the years I've sort of dabbled with Sonic, but. In theory, the idea of turning into this ball and doing that loop, that all I can see is that loop the loop, but I always remember like you, the the minute you start going fast, then you hit something and you just all your rings come out. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just hated that. Yeah, it, it's very frustrating. It happened to me too often. Yeah. But yeah, I quite like the games. Uh, this is my first watch of this movie because uh, I saw the trailer and I went, this is too kiddie mm. for yeah. me. And also I'd seen Hop and I didn't want to watch the same movie again. <laughs> what about you? Uh, in terms of the game, as I said on Monday, big fan of Sonic. Uh, yeah, I think one and two were the games I played a lot. Um, and so like the character, like the games. And then I saw this film at an early preview screening because I was interviewing the director, Jeff Fowler, and uh, Ben Schwartz, who provides the voice of Sonic, who is now in my top three people to interview. <laughs> he is so funny and lovely and warm and interesting. He's just a joy to talk to. So I wasn't expecting that going in. Which, <laughs> so it was a lovely, pleasant surprise. And you really wanted to talk about Back to the Future. I didn't even bring it up. <laughs> so, yeah. Happens a lot to you, doesn't it? Who was the other one? Who, who, who did you have? Oh, my God. I want to remember this. There was someone who had to talk about a movie. Oh, the guy from Jigsaw. Oh, Tobin Bell. Tobin Bell. <laughs> when it's talking about Mississippi Burning. <laughs> and I was there to talk about Saw. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mississippi Burning. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's do the background to this film. And let's start with why Sonic is even a thing, just to uh, foreground the Mario and Sonic. Well, you could just thing. ground it, but <laughs> you can foreground it. For 
it's not foreshadow, is it? No, it's not. Anyway, so it's 1990. Nintendo is everything. Sega wants to compete. So they Sega. run a... Sega. Sega, yeah. Every time you say Sega, you're going to have to say Sega <laughs> in this episode. Okay, what's a kill time? <laughs> um, so they run an internal competition. They want to design a flagship character because what they've been doing up to that point, I believe, is porting arcade games to the Sega Genesis and that wasn't doing anything to Nintendo. So they decided to come up with a new flagship character they uh so the game this i do find this interesting because the gameplay of sonic i it's very addictive because of the way that the character can move in that loop and because of the little dopamine hit you get when you hit a ring and the, the special noise yeah i feel i was a bit down on it earlier because that bit where you are spinning on the spot and, oh, then, yeah. <laughs> and then you release it's like fuck yeah look at me go and then I think I think the hit and then the withdrawal mm. uh, it's such an up and down experience whereas Mario is quite like just going along having a good time yeah. whereas Sonic's like oh god this is fucking intense I'm just yeah. fucking but yeah I did forget to say I had to make a ball bearing game in my design technology class when I was 15 at school did you and I made a Sonic game because I was even though I didn't love the games the character of Sonic, the way he looked, yeah. I thought was one of the coolest character designs I'd ever seen. Do you know what I did in my uh, DT class when I was 15? Because I hated it and I hated the teacher. I thought he was a pervert and he probably, I don't know if he was or he wasn't. <laughs> I got two massive pieces of plastic and I put them against a heat rod and I bent them and I said, they're bookends. <laughs> and said I wasn't taking the class anymore. <laughs> I was a little fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. But he couldn't do nothing because I think he was a pervert. Don't know his name. Don't, there's nothing to worry about. People can work out things. No, 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 no. Wow. Were they bookends? I tried to use them as bookends, but I hadn't measured them correctly so they, they didn't actually even function as bookends. <laughs> they were just bent pieces of plastic. Wow. Yeah, my parents were not impressed. Uh, after my Sonic game, I made a a, a model of a building unit using foam card uh, that the school loved so much they asked if they could keep and display in the foyer. Oh, that's lovely. Mm, in yeah. a glass box. In a glass box, Look yeah. what our children can do. Exactly. I, I was that kid, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I was also that kid in a twatty way as well. Like, Basically, I, I set up a, a, a radio-controlled car club when I joined the school in year seven. I was like, I want to do radio-controlled car stuff with other kids. How to and, make friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. And then, which I put on her in the first ever assembly where we all had, um, like the, the, it wasn't the first assembly. The, the, the year wasn't doing very well. There were a lot of bad kids in the right, year. Yeah. And the, the, the Mrs. Dyer, who was the head of the year, said in front of all the kids, she was like, I just wish you could all be a little bit more like Alex. He started a radio-controlled <laughs> car club. And I was like... Well, I'm there just going to paint this target on his back. So. The next seven fucking years of my life. Yeah, thanks, Miss. Gone. Nice one. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. I actually didn't think that until afterwards. At the time, I was like, hmm, <laughs> I can't give him more like, like that. A, I'm Alex, just in case. Why are you all looking at me so angrily? <laughs> See you at the car club later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Sega developed this sprite that can move on a curve and roll in a ball. So you need a character that can make the most of that. They had a rabbit at first, or in one of the early rounds, and it had prehensile ears, which I find just really upsetting that this rabbit mm. can grab stuff with its ears. Then you get a blue hedgehog. And it was originally... I love this so much. It was originally called Mr. Needlemouse mm. because... <laughs> 
it's a translation of hedgehog, a very rough translation of, uh, oh no, sorry, a very literal translation of the Japanese word for hedgehog means needle mouse. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet. We would not be sitting here talking about this film if they'd gone with Mr. Needle Mouse. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> and yeah, if you're Beatrix Potter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're right, Mrs. Tiggy Winkle, yeah. Uh, so Sonic is blue to match the Sega logo and his red and white shoes were inspired by Michael Jackson. So anyway, the game is absolutely massive. So Sonic the Hedgehog is the best-selling home video game. <laughs> they don't put that on the poster. No, <laughs> but you know. Uh, best-selling video game of 91. By the end of 91, sold 2 million copies. So development for a film starts in the 90s, but we're going to move forward to 2014 because uh, nothing happens until then when Sony and Fast and Furious producer uh, Neil Moritz, uh, they both announced a CGI and live action adaptation. So then you've got animator Jeff Fowler. He comes on as director in 2016. And Tim Miller, who did Deadpool, is exec producer. Tim Miller and Jeff Fowler worked together on Go For Broke, which is a 2005 um, short that was nominated, uh, Oscar nominated for Best Short. Um, and they both worked together. I've never played this, but there's a game called Shadow the Hedgehog, which I was unfamiliar yeah, with. And they he's did. my favourite character. Because he's a bad hedgehog. Team Kart Racing. <laughs> yeah. He saw. He says the coolest shit. Like, really? Yeah. If like when he lands a ju- in a jump among the other racers, he goes scatter. Oh, okay. As in like get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> and he does talk like that. That just reminds me of Shameless Scatter. <laughs> Shad- Shadow's really badass. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, it goes into turnaround in 2017. So then it ends up at Paramount and they want to release it in 2019. And everything, I guess, is fine until they release a poster in very late 2018. I find this bananas, right? But obviously, Sonic the Hedgehog, as was, was a side-scrolling game. And so he Sonic appeared to have one eye because you're looking at him from the side, mostly. Yeah, but on the on the covers of the video games and at the start of the video games, he always looked face on at the camera. So how did he look then? Because did he have one big eye? No, no. It, well, this the, the thing about the eyes like upset the internet initially. It was the teeth, wasn't it? No, we'll get to there. But okay. first of all, it's the eye. Right. So they've got Sonic's got two eyes in this poster, right? Because yeah. he's a fucking hedgehog, and the hedgehogs have got two and eyes. Sonic on the in the video game has two eyes. Well, I think the I think I don't know. I I I looked at images of the video game and from the, my ham- youth. And he's got one eye. I'm good. But I, and I don't really remember him ever looking head on at you. But this is, is you know, it's an old memory. I was on, like twelve years old. Yeah, on the cover of games, he looks at you. So has he got on. one big eye? No, he's got two eyes. Okay, well then, there's a big problem. So maybe, or maybe <laughs> the eyes. What do you mean? T- we can't just. There was a big problem that we've just said wasn't a problem. Look, here, here's the video game right now. He's got two fucking eyes. Look. All right. So in 2018, Tim Miller, not me, not Vicky Crompton, the executive producer of Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I, I actually, I'm struggling to find an image where he doesn't have two <laughs> eyes. <laughs> said. <laughs> Because I didn't look at the poster. Um, <laughs> do you actually do the work? I do some of the work, yeah. Look at, look at them all. It's two eyes everywhere. Oh, yeah, so this is... No, 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 wait, it's not. Come here, show it me. What that counts as, because you see he's got two eyes, but it's actually one big blob. There's no blue in between the eyes. That's what he, that's what I mean. Oh. Do you see what I mean? So it's one big eye. Okay, so you mean the, the white eyes. Yeah. But there it does, see? No, 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 that, the blue doesn't touch the tip of his nose. That is one big eye. You know, uh, our producer Blondine said this was the one episode for a while that she's not going to be filming, so this is entirely uh, futile. <laughs> I think you can tell from the sound of my voice that I'm correct. Because, look, it's just what... Anyway, shut up. What you mean is the whites of his eyes join in the middle. Yes, that is right, what I mean. OK, fine. So, they don't do that on the poster. <laughs> 
So it's not a single floating eyeball, but two eyes. Tim Miller said, I don't think Sega was entirely happy with the eye decision, but these sort of things you go, it's going to look weird if we don't do this. It's about keeping it realistic. So there we go. So that's your first bump in the road. Mm. Sega don't like Sonic's eyes, which in the movie version are two d- distinct eyes. Which is interesting because it sounds like they had a slightly more hands-on approach than Nintendo did with Super Mario Brothers. Well, yeah. So We're, we're, we're a bit worried about his eyes. Nintendo, fuck it. Don't make them red and green until hour 27. <laughs> yeah. We don't care. So then we all know. This is so weird that... I was. I remember this happening. I wasn't interested in seeing the Sonic film. I loved Sonic the Hedgehog when I was little, but I heard the film was coming out. I like it, you said, it, just for kids, it wasn't for me. And the fuss around a trailer that was released in April 2019, even I had to like get involved in that just to see why it was so disliked. Mm. Um, so it had 18.6 million views in its first two days, but a lot of people absolutely hated it. So his eyes were too unconjoined. Um his teeth were too human, too big. I had a look at some of the stuff on Twitter. Of it, like, and it is funny. It's like, why are Sonic's teeth better than mine? And things like that. It's like, I watched the trailer. I hated his legs. His legs were weirdly long. I hated his shoes. But I did hate those teeth. They were very, very, very scary. Perfect little human teeth. They were weird. Yeah. They were weird. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, part of me loves this kind of... Uh, this obsession people have with, you know, this love that you have as a fan of Sonic. You're like, I love Sonic and, you know, you're not doing it right. But there are certain times where you're sort of like, oh, come on, seriously? COVID's not far away. That's the thing. This is what's unusual. Well, I guess it's pretty unusual, isn't it? So rather than people going, shut up, internet, this is our film and you'll like it when you see it, mm. they go, okay, no problem, we're listening. Mm. And they go back and they retrofit the yeah, character. Yeah, because I spoke to the director about it and he said, we released the first trailer and there was a very clear message sent by the fan base that they were not feeling like it matched the look of the character they know and loved. They wanted us to do better and so it was message received. We sat down and worked hard on making some adjustments. And it actually came at a time, even though we were in the early stages of animation blocking it didn't have the effect that some people might have thought we were actually able to course correct fairly quickly and fairly easily and the key character of Sonic in the movie Ben Schwartz's performance didn't change so it was extremely helpful yeah it, was, it worked it yeah. did yeah it was it's scary yeah because it sets a precedent and that's the scary thing about it hmm. which is the idea that if you uh, mobilise enough of a fan base to complain you will get the result that mm. you want, which I think in this case, because of the where, like you just said, where they were with the movie, mm. they could do it. But there are going to be times in the future where fans go, "Absolutely not! Tails mm. isn't right. You've done Tails wrong," mm. and they're going to be like, "Yes, mm. fucking suck it up, idiots, and pay, pay, pay for the ticket." Yeah, and I think people, you know, would you would people have boycotted Sonic in their droves if he had weirdly long legs and little human teeth? I mean. Probably not. Yeah. If you want to see the movie and the character didn't change anyway, all you've got is a slightly aesthetically more uh, benevolent creature. Who cares? I don't know. I think it's weird that, you, you know, sometimes people get very, very animated, no pun, about stuff that it just shouldn't matter. Like we're That's talking about a blue hedgehog, we're talking about Justice League. These things don't really matter. Mm. It's mad that the full weight of the internet can affect change on that level. But I think that's because you're, you, you don't love anything. I don't love <laughs> Wait, I was, I was me being silly. But I, don't, I just don't think you you love a, a property. I don't, I don't think it's possible to get inside of the, the, the heads of, uh, of, of someone who does love Spider-Man or Batman yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever, or Sonic, as much as some people do. And I think for some people, it, 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 it 
borders on religious. You're, you're wrong about me there. What do you love? I love Ghostbusters, don't I? But it doesn't belong to me. I love it and let the creative, clever people do their thing. If I don't like what they churn out, that's my right to not like it. Mm. But I don't feel I have ownership over that thing and I don't have the right to ask for changes. Did you like the new Ghostbusters? Good I question. Seen it, so. so you love Ghostbusters? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think we're talking about different things. Your love for Ghostbusters is like, Ghostbusters is my favourite film. I mean, it's not like, it's not like I fucking, I've got all the memorabilia, I buy, yeah. I buy, I buy everything. There's a, di- there's a difference, there's no. a palpable difference. It's, what is your favourite film that you used to say? <laughs> I've forgotten. It's a film I like. Is that what is Shall it? Shall I give you a clue? Yeah. It's by Peter Weir. Oh, yes, uh, it's Peter Hanging Rock. <laughs> Amazing. So don't fuck with Peter Hanging Rock or I will come for I'd you. I'd love to do it. It's terrifying. Have you seen Picnic Hanging Rock yet? <laughs> okay, good. Just checking. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I used to say it was my favourite film, but I had seen it. Okay. Which for me is quite unusual. <laughs> but you didn't like the teeth on, on Match from Neighbours, in it? <laughs> Sorry. I thought the ending was a bit confusing. Yeah. Where did they honest. go? Her eyes are separate. It's about periods. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Come on, back to Sonic. All right, fine. And then that's it. So poor old Jeff Fowler. Uh, the film comes out in 2020. Everyone's apparently very happy about this. He said, I would not wish this experience on anyone, even though at the end of the day, I love we engage the fan base. I feel really bad for him. Like, Imagine the horror, the nightmare, the meetings, the endless meetings that you'd have to have when the internet kicks up a big fuss. I mean, what both him and, and Ben Schwartz said to me is one thing it did show to them is that people were actually interested and cared because there was yeah. they weren't sure if they were working in a bit of a vacuum and this was just going to come and go. And so the the outpouring of anger from hardcore fans, but also just general fans. You were just saying you didn't like it. You might not have tweeted them, but I'm sure a lot of people who just thought it looked a bit shit tweeted them. Yeah. And so they felt like if we can get this right, we could have something very successful on our hands. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. So that's it. Shall we talk about the film? Can I talk a little bit about the script? Sure. So uh, Pat Casey and Josh Millers were the writers. As I said, um, Josh presents a podcast called Best Movies Never Made. He had Pat on for a few episodes and I also listened to Pat on a Sega podcast. And between them, I sort of heard about how it all came together. So um, they joined, there was a script already in existence and it was sort of Sonic appearing in our world, but the video games um, existed in our world so people recognised him when he was on the streets oh, yeah. and they said it just didn't really work that wasn't what they wanted to write so they were given um, they were asked <laughs> to write uh, a script in two weeks <clears throat> okay uh, oh, I like a challenge yeah like and uh, they came up with a loose outline uh, they decided because there's no plot we didn't in ask for a loose outline we asked for a <laughs> script in two weeks <laughs> well um, producer Tim Miller said this is not possible and he got them four weeks <laughs> but they said, but they said, because they spent the first two weeks. Thanks, Tim. Thanks. So it's not two weeks. No, old Timmy stepped in here. No, um, two weeks. You got four. Now go. Stressing and panicking. They actually didn't get anything written in those first two weeks, so no. they still only ended up with two weeks. They hired a little WeWork office and they wrote there. Uh, they said apparently writing on the glass, like everyone tells you, looks cool in the movies and yeah. a beautiful. Mind. It doesn't work. They said that was crap. That didn't really work for them. Um, and they thought. <laughs> Also, that's how that's a window in the office you're hiring. <laughs> those are boards that people pay Have for. Have you not we, seen it's a beautiful mind? We don't supply those here at this office. The, pens, stop, the stop. pens don't work very well. Maybe they're not supposed to work on there. Um, so their first idea was Sonic being a space criminal who comes to Earth with the rings and then he's almost like a villain and he lies about the rings and he ends up becoming a hero. But th- that didn't really work. They pitched... 
This is the one I like that they pitched. Um, the idea was that sorry, they'd written how many, the, the, these are the original outlines yeah, before yeah. before yes, they yeah. wrote the script. They didn't yeah. write three different scripts because no. that's amazing. No, uh, this is the outline. It sounds like they got the furthest with uh, before the actual script we got. Um, the Chaos Emeralds land in a jungle and mutate all the animals, including a hedgehog. And so Sonic, um, the hedgehog, keeps the humans out and safe by keeping all the animals in. But then Robotnik gets in, gets out with the gems and heads to America. So Sonic follows him to America to stop him. But they said the problem with that version was Sonic sort of started out a hero and ends a hero and he didn't really go on a journey. So that was Mm. no good. And also Sega said to them that Sonic has to come from another world. We haven't got too many rules for you, but we don't want him to be an Earth hedgehog that gets transformed he has to come from another world okay uh and so the the studio wanted sonic to be friends with a kid in the film Mm. but they said well we're doing he starts off a kid and then he becomes a teenager he's the kid in the film so we don't really want to pair him you know the et version of this yeah essentially and they like this idea of of sort of telling the little mermaid version where he's this lonely character who looks upon humans and wants friends um their first draft was 150 pages wow in those two weeks wow um Apparently, the studio was fine with that. You know, they realised they hadn't given them that much time, and that they so just stuck anything you write in it. More than you need. Is it just them going? <laughs> ah, but you fun. would. Don't you think you would? Because you wouldn't. You wouldn't think about what you'd written. You'd just be writing. So you just you wouldn't keep going back. You know, because that's the that's the paralysing thing sometimes, isn't it? Sort of like yeah. umming and ahhing and going. God, is that is that line yeah. right? Yeah. So and you'd they end up with more. And they said once they showed it to the studio, it was really easy to then. They, they said it took them a day to cut out thirty pages. Like yeah. once everyone. They said that the thing about this film, uh, they weren't saying it. Oh no, they probably were referencing this specifically because it was a Super Mario Brothers movie podcast. Was that ultimately on this movie, everyone was pulling in the same direction? You had the director, the producer, the writers, Sega, and the film studio all working towards the same thing, which is obviously completely the opposite that happened on the Mario movie. And at what point did the writers watch the James Marsden movie Hop, uh, in which he goes (laughs) on a road trip with an animated Easter bunny? Probably before they cast him. I actually haven't seen her. I've, I mean, I have seen her, but I haven't seen it in so long that I don't think they probably resemble each other that much. I just, there is some stills on the internet and it's like a shot for shot thing where they look, it's a road trip. So they're looking through the front window of a car and it's it's James Marsden sitting there, except it's either Sonic or <laughs> the Easter Bunny. Uh, and the only other thing they said was that they wrote Robotnik as a very funny character and they wrote him a lot of jokes and the studio said, he shouldn't be this funny, cut out all these jokes. And then Jim Carrey was cast and they told them, put back all those jokes. Yeah, <laughs> We're going in that direction. So anyway, that's just a bit of background of how we got to this story. Well, that was lovely. Um, shall we talk about the film? As mm. long as you know what I want to talk about first. Go on. Is it a voiceover to a freeze frame? Um, no. No, it's the rings <laughs> flying towards the Paramount oh, yeah, logo. I'm so sorry. Why do I always miss it? I saw it and I thought of you, but I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, because normally I hate it. I but... know you hate it. You like it in the Matrix and yeah. you like it in this now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the rings replacing the Paramount stars. It's just because you because the noise as well. But just the minute I hear that noise, I am twelve, <laughs> yeah. and it's really, really weird. Um, actually, let's have a break before we talk about the film because Chris just told me to. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't. Fine. He didn't. He did. He made the female oh, yeah, uterus sign. Funny, oh, yeah, he made the female form sign. Should, sorry, Chris. Does that mean have a break? Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Very good. The da Vinci Code. <laughs> very good. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I didn't think we were going to reference when I do that. I thought we'd all agreed that we wouldn't because I'm the one that can see the clock. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought you always knew. You said that you always knew when to take a break. Uh, I, 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 to be honest, I thought that was early, but I trust him more. Right. No, he's right. <laughs> I'm just, it's just because I've always, sorry, the reason I bring it up is because I know you can't see the clock yeah. from where you sit. Yeah. And I've always just, you've always sort of got it quite right. Oh, have I? So mm. I've always assumed that you had a clock on your iPad or something. <laughs> yeah, I do, but sometimes I don't look at it, it's very small. We're now right. wasting time. Yeah. Right. right, anyway, let's talk about the film. We'll, we'll just put that, put what we were just talking about. With the eyeball uh, thing and cut that. Uh, what I always say is, put that in, while, while the, because adverts are playing now. Right, yeah. So we're not really here, this is the break. <laughs> right, okay. And then when we come back, it's the end of the break. Okay. So are we back? And we're back. And we're back. Um, that was nice, Sorry, wasn't you it? should have said yeah, that. that I, was well, great. I did, so well, you just Yeah, but I it. said it after it, yeah, which I was wrong. Because you were annoyed that I said No, I, I, I forgot. <laughs> I just I lost myself for a moment. You say it and then we'll be back. Okay, and we're back. <laughs> very good. All right, so um, here is Sonic and he is very fast. And so we go back to, because it's an origin story and even though it's really for kids, he's got to have some pain. Um, so he's got a mum, owl, and the mum owl is saying to Sonic, you need to leave paradise because you'll never be safe with your gift of speed. So you need to flee and you need to never stop running, 
which is shit advice because if he runs, he'll be found out. So the advice should be always stop <laughs> running. Yeah. And also, why do we have to leave the recognisable bloody world from the game that looks fucking awesome with loop the loops? Yeah. Why am I leaving that for small town America? Yeah. Don't show me that. Show me, show me a shit world that he has to leave and that's why he escapes to small town America. Yeah, and Did, he wants to go back to paradise. Yeah. Did you recognise the Echidna tribe coming after him? No. Mm-mm. I wasn't. I wasn't asking you. <laughs> oh. Wow. Oh, okay. Uh, no, but are they from like the Guardians of Gahul or something? I just feel like they would be on, from some recent game that you would have played. Right. No, being that you're the. They're not in. Sonic, the, the, the racing the, the one. Team Sonic Racing. Okay. There you go. Is that worth it? F- oh, wow. <laughs> They're from the game, apparently. Kraken wakes. <laughs> <laughs> And Knuckles is part of the Echidna <laughs> tribe. I love Knuckles. He's very good to play in uh, Team Sonic Racing. By the way, I'm not sponsored by Team Sonic <laughs> Racing. It's just my only Sonic <laughs> reference outside this movie. Okay. Well, this scene was initially the first act of the film. Well, the whole sequence. Yeah, the first the first act was going to be there. And, and the, I, I think, preferred that. I think the notes was we need to get him to Earth quicker. Ugh. Yeah. That's why they cut out lots in um, Super Mario as well. They they cut out loads in Manhattan because they were like, we need to get him to Dino Manhattan. I was sure. obsessed with that because I timed it. The entry into the new world was like 22 minutes. And I was like, God, it feels really long. But 22 minutes is right like for Act 1 turning mm-hmm. point. So I don't know why it felt so long. I tell you what's interesting as well as why this might have been a different kind of film before it was at Paramount when it was at Sony. They wanted rather it to be these echidnas that the gamers would recognise. They wanted it to be lizard characters so that they would have ownership of characters characters in these film that they could then sell yeah. and have all their money and so I find it so clever sometimes what goes on behind the no, scenes no but credit to Paramount who said no let's keep it let's have it the Echidna tribe and then Knuckles who we want yeah, to introduce absolutely credit to Paramount so we're going to put some lizards in Sega <laughs> uh, it reminded me a bit of Superman the opening as well you know, being sent from your home to another by your parents who are about to die. We well, you know. I've, I, I honestly, I put money on what Beakhead or whatever being back in. Sonic no, of course. Two. But how it's set up is that that she's about to right. be killed as he yeah. disappears. It's like, and it's also that it's similar to Paddington as well. I think the opening of Paddington in Peru. Yeah. Getting, mm. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't see a character die, they're not dead. No. And these no, days, but this is a kids' film, and I think the, the the as a kid watching that, you would think, oh no. Long claw's dead. Long claw, that's, that's it. It's not beak that's face. <laughs> beak mom? No. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Sonic is on Earth and he is, by his own words, he's living his best life in his cave. And I did find, what did you think? There's a lot of very specific sort of 2020 references, 2020 like prior as well, that even watching it now, it does feel like it's aged it a bit. So I think it's a mistake to have Sonic say, I'm living my best life. Like later on, um, uh, Agent Stone says to whoever's played by Neil McDonough, you're basic. It's like, we don't, no, we've kind of moved on from there. Someone does the floss. That's embarrassing. We're talking about Amazon delivering by drones and we make a joke about hipsters. And all those things are absolutely hilarious three, four years ago. And now it's just... No. Hipsters and drones still get a pass from me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But the and won't kids still laugh at the floss? I don't know. No, no if... Kids are the worst. If something is not cool anymore, kids are the ones who will let you know that this isn't cool. I don't know. I just don't hang out with kids, so I wouldn't know. You don't well, hang out no, with kids I, enough. You're no, right. I, I hang out with kids a lot. I know. No. <laughs> anyway. Every, about, and apparently everything about me is very cool. <laughs> That's what the kids say. <clears throat> if you give them enough ice cream. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> They're friends for kids of friends. 
It's not true. I don't have any friends. <laughs> Anyway, so he's not on the mushroom world. And I was going to ask you if that was a dig at Super Mario Brothers, but you answered that question yes, on Monday. It was. It's from the games, but also they thought it would be a fun little Did you maybe overdo it a bit? Um... But you see, then that's my. I see that as well, because I thought initially this is a dig at Mario, but it's just so much of it. It's like it keeps coming back. Yeah. Well, it's because the film ends there, I guess, as well. And that mushroom hill zone from Sonic and Tails is where those characters first encounter Knuckles. Mm. And so it does logically set up the sequel to to take place there. Right. But agreed, yeah. If, if you think they overegged the joke, I or, ju- I or just so be it. But. Every time Sonic is talking, he appears to go, I don't want to go to the... I want to stay here. I don't want to go to the mushroom place. Oh, the mushroom place is where I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to use this ring to go to the mushroom place. It's like, I get it. There's a mushroom place you don't like. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he's not in the mushroom place. He's in Green Hills and he's spying on the Donut Lord and Pretzel Lady. And he particularly loves date night so he can see them boning. <laughs> not really. <laughs> he's just watching Speed. Um, so Donut- He's good here, isn't he? Uh, who? James Marsden. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Like the, the one man stuff he does with the speed gun. Or what, what did you call it? The speed reader. Um, <laughs> That's okay. That's not the worst thing I've ever said. I'm just saying whatever you want to call it, <laughs> the thing he's holding. Yeah. Um, did you uh, did you clock that bit where he uh, he does a joke about the turtle and he goes, sorry, I thought that was funny. To himself. Yeah. But he's sort of, you can tell he's saying that to the crew. Mm. Like, oh, okay. It's a, to a really nice moment yeah. that he's like clearly been just improvising about different yeah. things with his and, speed gun. And I'm surprised this hasn't made it online, but that was the test scene that they used to get the film financed. So they shot that scene with a different actor playing the character. It was Reed Scott. Um, he plays Dan in Veep and he's in Venom as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's a funny bloke. So he's playing that character. But they used Ben Schwartz's voice. He did it as a favour. Yes. Because you would think that maybe they might cast a household name as Sonic, but he did a good job there and he just they just got really attached to his voice yeah. as Sonic. And yeah. so he got the role. But yeah, it was it was that Reed Scott playing Dan and and uh, the radar gun scene, he's shocked and then he's shocked at this this hedgehog going past so fast but then you realise they're friends in the test footage and it's a game that they play with each other and then eventually Sonic goes past so fast he blasts uh, Dan's car into the Tom's car into the into a, into a ditch but um, yeah that's what got it financed was that scene well that's a nice fact it's a good scene yeah so uh, so anyway the Donut Lord is actually as you said Tom Wachowski he wants to join the San Francisco PD which is just a bit of story whatever and his wife is a vet which is handy and she's got a sister who fucking hates Tom for no reason yeah um, what is that I mean I yeah, like just it. pick or you just need one line when he did this when he did something kid friendly but also I now hate him yeah she's just she, she comes across really badly because she isn't given a reason to hate him yeah uh, so Sonic plays baseball by himself for quite a long time. I found for something someone that's meant to be super fast. Not a baseball fan, though, are you? No, that's true. And it's you do tell me it goes on forever, yeah, um, which good. makes sense. And that was the only scene they fully shot with the teeth version of Sonic. Oh, was it? So somewhere out there, there is uh, that scene teeth. with the teeth. <clears throat> yeah, a really long Sonic scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he gets mad because he realizes how lonely he is, and there's a, he goes supersonic, and then there's a huge power surge. And then we get some big wigs in DC and they're sending in Jim Carrey, who is Dr. Robotnik slash Eggman, to sort everything out. Yeah. So, so, more story. Sonic loses his rings in San Francisco. And then that leads Robotnik, who is fun, to Tom. And I was like, is okay. Is he fun? Is who fun? Jim Robotnik, Carrey. Jim Carrey in this role. I honestly, 
Uh, yes, I'm going to say yes. Okay. It took me a while because there are bits where it just doesn't feel like it's working. Mm. But the minute you see, this is the thing. I didn't want to see the film and I saw Jim Carrey and I was like, that does tempt me a little bit because I know exactly what I'm going to get, which is what I got. Okay. And I like his thing, um, his shtick, his particular thing. There are scenes where it elevates and it could have been more weird. So I'll just do it now. The scene, because it's not only a little thing, where he's dancing by himself. It's awful. It's brilliant. It's awful. Because it's so weird. Okay, let me set my stall out. I fucking love Jim Carrey. Yeah. Jim Carrey is like, he is the reason when I sat down to watch this on Saturday night, I was like, I cannot wait to watch it because of that man. Uh-huh. Jim Carrey is like a god. Like, I, I just adore him. I think he is appalling right. in this film. Like, it's, it's, it made me upset watching him. It looked like a man who just... I, maybe it was because he was doing shtick from very early in his career yeah. and he'd moved on and then he he brought it back for this because it's a kid's movie. It yeah. just feels like he's just missed every single mark with every single gag. It made, it made me it made me very, very sad. Even the dancing. It, the, the dancing especially. Wow. I've written down there are three three moments where he made me actually laugh. So it was so it's not like the end of the world. <laughs> but I was so <laughs> So heartbroken because I thought he was going to be brilliant, and I just think I just think he's not the, the the performance that I had going through my head as I watched him. And this is this this is it's not as bad as this was Steve Martin in Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah, it was that level of this is misjudged. Okay, what do you think? Uh, I that's why I'm kind of gutted you didn't watch it with your kids because yeah. I think if I was eight years old I think I might find it really funny yeah. in here but I think I've grown I might grown out of him doing that form of shtick what Jim Carrey movie did we do recently I just said the kids just wouldn't get it oh um, the Christmas one the Grinch the Grinch they just don't, they don't know him for that so it's it's an odd thing to explain I know him for that so I'm quite happy to see him doing that in this kind of thing um, but that was it uh, so anyway, Tom and Robotnik meet a breastfeeding joke, which really took me by surprise. Yes, um, very odd moment. Yeah, I wrote that down. Breastfeeding versus orphan. Yeah, which is, the other side of the joke was weird. You're either an orphan <laughs> or you're breastfed, but it just I don't I don't need this. I mean, I wasn't expecting like two screen heavyweights go head to head, but to have a joke about breastfeeding, I wasn't expecting that no, either. It felt quite ET here though, with the government agents yeah. looking for him at Sonic and Sonic hiding in the stuffed toys. Yes, yeah. bit of an homage. Yeah. So weirdly, the film at this point turns into a road trip, which is a mistake because it should be a quest for the rings, and it is a shit. I don't want it to be in San Francisco, but that's where it is. So we should get to San Francisco and have set pieces where a fish out of water tries to find the rings in San Francisco. Then you'd miss out on the piston pit and that looks like a whole whole ton of fun. Oh well, so while we're there, so what it turns into is this is the road trip and then we're ticking things off a hedgehog's bucket list. Mm. That he writes there and then though. It's it feels like he should have had that list. From the cave. From the cave. Like this is the Mm. the things that he'd never been able to do on Earth because he'd had to hide out. But he'd always, always wanted to do. It's not. It's like Oh, this is a thing called the bucket list. Those are my things. How about those? Yeah, it's, right. so, it's just so so off the cuff. I think it could be fun as well, but it, because the, even the characters are like, well, if you've got your bucket list, but we have to do it in this bar because we've got to get a move on, and you, that's a challenge for a writer to be like, okay, let's make this as mo- as the most fun we can, mm. most family friendly version, family friendly version in a biker bar. Yeah, <laughs> so and it, it's don't not set good. it in a biker bar. I mean, I love a bar brawl. Like yeah. a bar brawl in a movie is gold to me. The bar brawl in. I think it, the first Barbara I saw, I think it's in uh, the Burt Reynolds movie Hooper. And I was like, oh, what? This is incredible. They fight in bars. 
everyone fights. People get accidentally dragged into fights. But in this, it's like what fucking biker goes, we don't like your sort round here. Hipsters. Yeah, it, doesn't it, it doesn't even register on them. Like, no. It's silly. I know I do, but I do think I don't like the bucket list stuff. I think it's I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity. But then, as, as the fight is happening, and Sonic does that flash thing where he can run everyone standing still because he's so fast, and he rigs the bar so the fight ends. That's perfect because mm. it, it's totally correct. It's right for kids. It's fun. It uses the space in a good way. It uses the tech in a good way. Mm. All of that. All of it. All of it. All of it is almost as good as Quicksilver in the X Men movie. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Uh, so anyway, this is a weird scene. There's one thing that Sonic didn't tick off his list which is to make a real friend. And even though Tom knows this because he sees it on the list, and in this version, Sonic is about 12 years old, when they're in the car and Sonic tries to draw them closer and say that they're friends, Tom is like, we're not friends, which is a, such a weird thing to mm. do to a kid. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so strange. It is strange. So is he meant to be, I didn't realise that, so he's meant to be about 12 in this movie. I inferred it from, he was a sort of maybe bigger than, no, maybe like 13, 14, because he's like a toddler kind of thing when he's with his owl mum, mm. and then it cuts to 10 years later. Right, okay. So it's sort of... Oh, I hope they bring, I hope they advance him about 10 years for Sonic 2. In his little I, bedroom. I just need him to... I doubt I didn't enjoy Sonic in this movie. He wasn't the Sonic that I wanted. You're like no, he's like a little cheeky. Well, you want to be in his mid twenties. Yeah. yeah, smoking, drinking, <laughs> really disillusioned, getting fucked up with tails. Uh, I think if you're making, I think if you're making the kid version of Sonic for kids, I think having him having him being about fourteen is about right. Fine. Yeah, yeah I get it. I don't know. I don't know. I guess maybe I just imagine when I was playing the games, like I was so young. I, I always imagined Sonic as older, and now to be old and Sonic be younger. He just... wanted to be older than you. Wow. <laughs> I wanted to be 48 years old. <laughs> That's the only version of this story I want. Really jaded. Really jaded. He's losing his hair. When Tom's like, Tom's like, he, he, he can't have a drink to the world. He's like, Don't you fucking tell me I can't have a drink, Again. Tom. <laughs> Because I do think once, with, once you start, you can't stop Sonic. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> it reminded me of those kids' films from the eighties, though, where I don't know. As a grown-up, the characters are almost a bit obnoxious, like the Goonies and Ferris Bueller. Yeah. But when you're a kid watching them and they're smart Alex and smart asses, yeah, then they're just brilliant. Yeah. You hear a watch, and I feel like that's what they went for here with Sonic. That yeah. He's he's got this cockiness, isn't he? Because he's he's so confident because he's never had a threat or a challenge to himself. He is just magically fast and he can do anything. Yeah. But I don't you think I, I I just feel that that needs to be undercut by someone or something and Tom doesn't really do that. Tom just sort of I find the relationship between Sonic and Tom like Sonic doesn't really wind Tom up that much and Tom doesn't really care. Like he's really like oh yeah fine we'll just do that. Okay and then Sonic goes off and does stuff that could have put them in danger but it never really does and their relationship's just very airy fairy whereas you want Tom to sort of really sit Sonic down at some point and go, this will get us killed or there is real jeopardy in you not listening to me and being a smart ass. And that never happens. So their entire relationship is pretty ho-hum. There's no real ups and downs. There's no real like highs and lows, which is the same as ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't noticed. Mm. Do you know what I mean, though? I do know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, well, because it's buttoned later... Uh, it's at the end we'll get there it just, he, Tom never says I'm sorry about what I said in the car about us not being friends he says he says you are my friend but he needs to say I'm really sorry that I said we weren't friends mm. because we've always been friends kind of thing Like it's such a horrible thing to say to a child mm. even a blue hedgehog child 
especially a blue hedgehog child. Quite frankly, why especially? Because they're so rare. And... Are you making up, you <laughs> making up for previous episodes? <laughs> I, I love it more because it's a hedgehog. <laughs> I've never seen a real hedgehog, and I bet I'd like them. You've never seen a hedgehog? No, not oh. in the, in the wild. I've seen one in like a pet, not petting zoo. <laughs> uh, wait. Cult shop? No, I'm joking. I've seen one in a farm. Restaurant. restaurant a farm-based environment, I think. What is a farm-based environment? <laughs> a farm. You mean, <laughs> right? Do you mean a, a farm? Yeah, a farm-based okay. environment. Farm. Yeah, it's a city farm. <laughs> right. But never in the wild. I've never seen a hedgehog in the wild. Okay, they're, they're pretty much exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> they're not the most dynamic of creatures. They're nothing like Sonic, for example. In the wild, do they do they curl up into a ball and go 300 miles an hour? They do curl up into a ball, though, don't they? Anyway, uh, where are we? Yes. <laughs> so... Fam- famously. That's pretty much fact one about hedgehogs. You ask anyone. Uh, 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 no, fact one is they are prickly. Everybody knows that. Fact two, they roll up into a ball. Mm. Fact three, they're nocturnal and they're rare. Rare as hen's teeth. Yeah, my mum's uh, my mum's got a border terrier, and the number of hedgehogs I've had to pull out of its fucking mouth. Really, dead they're, ones. They're, they're famous for borders. Are famous for hunting. No, 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 because they roll up. Did we not just cover this? They're prickly and they roll up into balls. Oh, I see. <laughs> and so they're they're, they're protected ninety nine percent of the time. Okay, but sometimes you just hear this dog go mad in the park, and then you're like running through going oh, fuck, 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 and then it doesn't want to give it up because it's found what it's been looking for, and yeah. then you have to your hands get prickled like dragging this hedgehog out of its jaws. Wow, and then you're always worried that the hedgehog's in, injured because like the border terrier like has got all this blood. I mean, it looks like something out of a horror movie, like yeah. Cujo. It's like got all this blood around its mouth where the prickles have cut its um, oh, cut dear. its lips. Ooh. But they, they've got a very high pain threshold, so they don't know. Honestly, most of the hedgehogs survive. Okay. It's, it's almost like they've evolved knowing border terriers were <laughs> going to become a thing. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we've got a little stop off in San Francisco and uh, Sonic can get the right shoes, which is good. Uh, but we've got a bit of Fast and Furious kind of stuff because we have to. Um, Robotnik dancing alone, you didn't like it. I thought it was very enjoyable. Um, what did you think of his relationship with Agent Stone? It was sexual. Yes. I, I didn't know where to say it because I think I made a reference a couple of weeks ago last week to thinking something was a homoerotic relationship when it maybe wasn't. I read that um, mm. and I wasn't mm. even just like, oh, ha, ha. It, was it was definitely there. Yeah. This mm. sort of... The apprentice in love with the master, mm. the master that sort of had his head turned by this hot young thing, totally, a hundred percent. But I think it's, I think it's made clear in that line that I used earlier. Of course, I want a latte. I love how you make them. Yeah, that's he loves very him. much. Mm. Yeah, that. it's him saying I love you. Yeah. Um, so where are we? So yeah, so a bit of story. Um, Robotnik wants Sonic's energy because this actually at least this makes sense compared to like Super Mario Brothers. If he gets Sonic's energy, his machines that he loves more than people, apart from he loves Agent Stone, they'll reach their full potential. It's silly, but it makes sense. Like fine, yeah. You and can... I do think they're trying to do a yin and yang where Sonic doesn't have any friends and Robotnik has friends, but they're machines rather than people. Yeah. And so there's something going on there. And I, and I you know, they do try and give Robotnik a bit of backstory in terms of a why he's why does he behave like this? And it's because he was bullied when he was a kid. Yeah. And so he's used his genius to destroy rather than to create. And so yeah. I think they've tried to sort of fill in all the gaps yeah I was I was buying it I mean so, but it's just I think it's like you said it's the Tom and Sonic relationship is a bit all over the place so Sonic gets his rings and then they're going to have a big goodbye and they're on top of the building but Sonic wants to stay because he's actually kind of got to like Earth and he's having a good time but Tom is like 
you can go now. Like he doesn't try and stop him. He, he he's awkward and he's a bit hesitant, but he doesn't say stop or he doesn't say don't yeah. go. Hence, I mean, you're sort of dancing around though. The cold hard truth is that the beating heart of this movie is completely dead. It's like the buddy relationship that you want is not there. And that is a really, really big problem in a movie for kids or otherwise. Like, there's nothing to Tom and Sonic. I thought they'd make quite a cute pair. Yeah. I, so I suppose it's whether or not is Tom his friend or is Tom his dad? Because at the end, it's very much like Tom is his dad mm. because he's got his, he, that's his child and he's put him in the attic room and he's, you know, it's a kid's bedroom and stuff like that. But at one point, I thought they were going to be mates. So I, I just wasn't sure about the tone. Uh, anyway, so Robotnik turns up, saves everyone from the awkwardness of Tom basically letting Sonic jump off a building into whatever, probably the mushroom world, I can't remember. And so then he chases him through Paris and China and Egypt and it's like, that's fine, but okay. And then we're back to Green Hill. Oh, actually, this is a point. So does Sonic ever run in a loop around anything loop-shaped in this film? No. That's mad, isn't it? Mm. That's absolutely mental. Uh, so back to Green Hills and Tom punches Robotnik, which is either the second or the third time. And I found this really uncomfortable. Um, I don't like in a kid's film, I don't want to sound like fucking mum's net, but in a film for kids. <laughs> Which is what people say just before they sound like mum's net. I know, I know. I just don't, I don't want Tom's strength to be physical because he's like, you, Robotnik, you're super smart and Sonic, you're super fast, but I punch people. Hmm. And that's especially, my. Especially because, like, that, Robotnik says earlier. Like, I was hit at school by the school bully. Yeah. Like, you know, and yeah, he says he gets his revenge, but who knows whether, like, that turned him into the person he is, you know, being bullied at school. So then being punched by the jock again yeah. as the weirdo geek yeah. is like, it's sort of, it's, it's, it's reinforcing a terrible, terrible trope of jocks versus geeks and geeks get beaten up by yeah, jocks. Yeah, and that hitting people is acceptable yeah. and it's a way to like get a, to score a laugh and to win the day. And Tom's, you know, in in all in a lot of like kids' material and kids' property, it's like about finding what's special about you and like what you're so good at. And Tom, is, is, it appears he's saying it's my physical strength. I think this is possibly what, what really bothered me about the Jim Carrey performance because on the one hand, I don't think he's at his best here personally. I don't think he's as funny as he could be. So it's kind of like a weakened Jim Carrey. Yeah. And then his character is quite tragic yeah. as, a, as a character. And so I think those two things combined, he never felt like a villain I wanted to see get his comeuppance. I almost wanted someone to go, you know, hit the end to be, give me a hug and yeah. everything's okay, as opposed to banishing him to a land on his own. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, isn't this Tom, though, showing that he's willing to sacrifice himself for his friend, By Sonic? Yeah. Uh, and so it's so that Robotnik can then say to him, he can't understand why he would do that for yes. his friend. Yeah. Because well, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't do that for a friend. Yeah. I'd, I'd punch anyone for both of you. Right. Sorry. I'd punch both of you. <laughs> For any reason. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Sonic kind of dies and then Tom finally admits that they are friends, even though if he's dead, he can't hear you, so mm. it kind of doesn't count. Should you be that friendly with your kids? <laughs> yeah. Right. You should be sad if they die, I guess. Okay. Um, and then Sonic is revived and then there's this... You've got to have of... a, a parent sort of kid thing, though, right? You got you, If yeah. you're too chummy with them... Like, if you're like, cool, let's go on a road trip. And oh, hang. no, I 100%. If we want to yeah. have a serious parent chat for a second, I I'd agree. love to. I'd yeah. love to. I'm, you know, as I you're said, not there I've, to I've be got their a dog. friend. Mm. You're there to, you raise them up. Mm. You're not there to be their mate. They're to be their mum. Which is what which I mean. Different. And they, you know, it's going to be hard for Sonic now he's living in the attic as a son. Yeah. 
character. Like it's to bedtime boundaries to yeah. suddenly sort of go, hey, come like, on, oh, we come were... on, someone was going to hit this pipe. What about when we went to the piston pit and you fuck like? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, pretzel lady. <laughs> but you didn't appear to be putting out on date night. So <laughs> what is her actual name? She's called Maddie. Maddie, and she's a right. vet. Yes. They could. That, do you know what? They do a good job of actually saying what people do in, in this movie, which <laughs> yeah. I've started to notice more and more from films that we're covering. Like, no one says, like, what Daisy does in Mario Brothers, even though it's like, I know it's kind of obvious that she digs up stuff. For but, the university. <laughs> but that's sort of just like, do we, do, do, why not just say she's a paleontologist? Yeah. Because she's a girl. So <laughs> she doesn't get to be one. Fucking, what was it the other day? Godzilla. Oh yeah, just scientists mm. or doctors. Yeah, I'm not sure. No doctors. Yeah, uh, well, both at different points. It's like if you if you've got time to go, they're a doctor. I, I am doctor or I am scientist. You've got time to replace one of those with of. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, Do you go around telling everyone you're a podcaster? No, no, but I'm not in a film where people are watching me and they're going to be like, I wonder who this character well, if is. If someone's digging up dinosaur bones, I've figured it out. I've got it. Maybe that's not the best example. Okay. But I always are... think I always think of when Harry met Sally because um, Laura F1 was really clear that we we don't care what they do. It's mentioned and it's there, but we care about what these what the, you know the journey of the characters go on. So there's a little bit of a get out okay. of jail free card there. All right. But anyway, it's important that Maddie's a vet because Sonic gets hurt at some point and she can fix him, but she kind of can't and whatever else. <laughs> yeah, but she can't at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a vet. Of human creatures. <laughs> yeah. It's a hedgehog, not a hurt earth hedgehog. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, the the bouncing on the car. So, it's like, basically, it's the... He, Sonic's got this arc sort of force mm. onto which he's going to use his power to protect his friends rather than is the the other part of that sentence. But there isn't a rather than, I guess. He's just using his power to mess around. But I, it's, don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting concept that his... his um, power is connected to his emotions. Yes. So it's when he's upset. Yeah, which and angry. makes sense for kids. It is. I don't think it's fully explored here, but it's like I feel uh, maybe they will do that in the sequel. But it's an interesting idea because yeah. I don't think that is from the games. No, it's not at all, is it? He just he, you just hold down for ages, yeah. and then he turns yeah. into a ball. Um, but anyway, so he's like dinging Robotnik's car, which is the end of every level on definitely on uh, Sonic Two. Mm. I don't know about the. And others. He's doing his forward somersaults that yeah. we went and see him do. So I was happy to see it but if you didn't know the property you'd be like what the fuck why would that make any you you, Dr Robotnik are meant to be there's no one better than you at inventing technology and that's weaponry and all the rest of it so why does a hedgehog bouncing on your bonnet mm. have that effect but because it, it's in the game I, I didn't mind it I, mean, I feel like they've set it up quite well that he's a supersonic now that he's his emotions have got to that point and so he's sort of all powerful yeah um, so then Robotnik is vanquished and there is no false end and I really thought there was going to be a false end like I thought he was going to come back out of the ring thing Most, like, it's, a, it's a trope so yeah. you, you sort of expect like, I was there, really, there to be one more thing. one more moment but there really just isn't so Sonic lives in the attic and he's Tom's son I guess and now Tom doesn't want to go to San Francisco so the because real crime is scary but there's this other arc about being happy where you are and loving your home and, and all the rest of it which I guess small town versus city, yeah, and homely people, homely there. people yeah. versus cold city yeah. people. Um, although everyone in the city is pretty nice to Tom, yeah, yeah. he is an alright type. Apart from that sister who fucking hates him, but she'd always hate him because of insert incident mm. here. We don't know what that is. Maybe it's because of what the scientists do in Godzilla. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Um, so then Robotnik is in the Mushroom Land, but not for long. Um, I, so I didn't realise there was a sequel and still I started doing the research such as it was for this week. Um, 
I think it's impressive that with all the fuss that happened with the 2019 trailer, they were still like, we're still going to set up a sequel because I bet everyone got a bit scared and it looks quite, it's it's confidence, but is it stepping too far into like even hubris to be like, yeah, fucking we're going to have a sequel because the internet went so bananas that you could have thought that no one was going to turn up to watch the first one. Mm. And there we are. That's it. When we, was this released? It was. I mean, released. I know it was twenty twenty. It was literally just before. It was the last film a lot of people saw at the cinema before the pandemic started. Yeah, before like the March. pandemic. Yeah, started. yeah. It was okay. Just, it was, I think it was the last hit before the pandemic. Right, 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 right. I, I, I was just interested. It's my memory of it because I'm, I was I was surprised watching it at how high. I mean, it's not the highest uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating. It's sixty one percent, and I saw twenty twenty, but I wasn't sure whether. There was a lot of goodwill around, like maybe lockdown had been lifted, and oh, like okay. and any movie that cinema, was, yeah. people were like, yeah, <laughs> critics were suddenly going, yes, it's things that weren't that good were given higher ratings. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, oh, gone. Sorry, you go. Yeah, in terms of that scene with Carrie at the end, uh, Jim Carrey wanted to do something different, but they sort of ran out of time and money. But his idea was that Robotnik eats a mushroom in that scene, and he has an allergic reaction, which swells him up, and that's why he becomes big, like. Robotnik in the game, oh. yeah, which would have been great, but they just—I'm I mean, sure that's how they'll do it in in uh, in the film version. But I guess that's you know that's them getting to where the film that you wanted in one of these lands, yeah. and, and I'm sure we're going to go back to the and, and maybe they don't have the confidence to do that first time out, or they don't have the budget. I think maybe it would cost more money to have it in that in that world. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought it was an interesting way of getting you there in the sort of most in the safest way possible. Yeah, agreed. Okay, shall we do the bits? Yeah. All right then. So, Chris, what was your best scene? Uh, I really liked the bar scene from X Men. <laughs> That's my favourite scene. Yeah. What about you? I've got th- I've got three, and they're very little mini moments in scenes. Uh, the first is uh, when uh, Wade, uh, Tom's sheriff lieutenant, oh, yeah, I like buddy, him. yeah, uh, he goes, "We need you down on Main Street. There's been a violent gang shootout." And he's like, "Really?" He's like, "No, just kidding. A duck stole a bagel." But they do need it back. <laughs> I, that made me chuckle. Yeah, I thought funny. I was in. I thought I was in for a better film at that point. I was like, "That's funny writing." Uh, Jim Carrey's funny line. His one funny line that really made me laugh is again with Wade, where he's uh, like, he goes, I, "I think he's hung up because the uh, the red light went off." <laughs> Jim Carrey goes, "Thank you, Officer Brain Fart," and I like that. Yeah. That made me laugh. That okay. was Jim Carrey doing great Jim Carrey. I would have liked more of that. And uh, Sonic has one good moment, uh, which is where he's discovered by Tom and he goes, uh, meow. And I chuckled at that. <laughs> yes. So any one of those. <clears throat> okay, mine is the bar fight, the same as Chris. Really? It's, but it's not the, not the actual, the rigging of the, the payoff to rigging the bar so that the fight ends instantly in a kid-friendly tone appropriate way that also shows you what the tech can do the, the literal the tech of the film I just didn't find it I didn't I didn't find it that spectacular are you, are you saying no. when you say the tech of the film is in it It looks yeah. I just didn't yeah I liked I'd it I'd seen it I'd seen it done it's but... like good tech coupled with pratfalls and physical humour and all the rest of it and it, it's appropriate for a PG film I, I'd argue that, that there are there are PG films that could do funnier stuff yeah. In that movie. I just don't think it hits the comedy beats. Well, it's a good job it isn't your favourite scene. <laughs> and it's mine and Vicky's. Yeah. No, agree. Uh, okay. <laughs> Alex, what was your most valuable whatever? The person you haven't mentioned, but I've mentioned twice already, Adam Pally as Officer Wade Whipple. He is genuinely the funniest thing in this movie. He is freaking hilarious. He is good. Yeah. So, so funny. What about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Pat Casey and Josh Miller. I think they made a really sweet, funny film. I think it's tricky. 
adapting these games into movies. And yeah, I think if I was eight years old, I would bloody love this movie. Yeah. Uh, mine is Jeff Fowler, just because of everything that I am projecting that he must have gone through. And the, the film is just, it's fine. Like, it's fine, but fucking hell. I bet that was really, really horrendous. Um, and to get the sequel as well, like, well done, Jeff. Mm. Um, what would you change, Alex? Sonic. Okay. I would change Sonic. No, I'm not just being silly. I 48 year old Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> a walking stick, not fast. <laughs> Definitely not fast. Hot belly. A lot slower. Ball patch. Tech drives everywhere. <laughs> yeah, can't be asked. Um, no, I just, I just, I don't think he's funny enough. And I love Ben Schwartz, by the way. I mm. think he's, yeah. he's fantastic. I, I thought he was uh, absolutely brilliant in Parks and Rec. He does some amazing skits on YouTube that I love. So mm. I think he's brilliant. And it's not a problem with him and his vocal performance. I just don't think the character's lines are funny enough for how much of a smart ass he is. And I just think the narration of his life at the start sets a really bad tone for me. I don't like it. He's too cocky. And I just think that would work if there was someone, as I said earlier, to undercut that throughout the movie. Like if he'd had his buddy tails there or if there was someone who was familiar with Sonic, that when he was a smartass, someone brought him down to earth and pointed that out and acted as the audience's voice, mm -hmm. like you're being a dick, mm. I'd suddenly find him a much more likeable character. Yeah. I'd also, and I will take a, a moment here, not have said it on Earth. I'd have said it on that home planet. I'd have also had tails in it, and I would have had a massive competition come to town where different events, where the whole Sonic characters were going to compete in these events, and a mystery stranger was running the events, and you weren't sure who they were. And then in the final event, Sonic was going to use his super speed, but Tails finds out that the super speed is going to open a porthole to Earth, and the stranger is actually Dr. Robotnik, and Sonic doesn't believe Tails, because he's like, no, you're doing this because you want to win the final race. And then he realises that Tails is a true friend and discovers it's the truth, and so doesn't win. Tails gets to win. Sonic does the right thing, and Dr. Robotnik doesn't get to invade Earth. And it's crazy events that show you all the spectacle that you had in the games set in that paradise we see at the start. Fuck everything else. Okay. Didn't realise we were pitching. <laughs> no, I, I enjoy pitch always. I just, I, that would, that, I'm like I'm the Hunger of, Games, but. Yeah, I'm sort of half joking, but I, I populate it with like all the characters from the games that people know. I wouldn't do a road trip on Earth and I yeah. wouldn't make. They just don't want to go too soon on all the characters, do they? Because they've got confidence in their properties. So yeah. Wanna... I, I, no, listen, I understand why. And that's, that's, that's me being hmm. over the top. I just, I really found the movie just quite. Quite bland. Okay. Uh, what about you? What would you change? I mean, has it is the time come to ban "Don't Stop Me Now" by Queen? <laughs> it's it's a good song, but come on, guys. It is, it, what else? Reach what, a little deeper. I see it, what you're saying. In this instance, what what I hope you've got options to replace it with. Uh, well, Speed Demon, you're the... <laughs> no, it is tricky because actually I was also going to say that, that Boom by Ex-Ambassadors and Catch Me I'm Falling by Kelly Finnegan are the two songs they use in the super slow motion scenes. Yeah. I think we need something a bit more fun, a bit more recognisable. If we have to use it, push it up to one of those scenes. Mm. But I was I was a bit unhappy about those musical choices. I just think it would have been... I mean, Boom by Ex-Ambassadors... Exactly. And it's like, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I would change some of the music choices. But I actually wish the climax was in that mushroom land. 
Mm. Um, uh, I think you can still leave Robotnik there at the end, trapped. Yes. So where, where he goes mad. But I think I think the fans would have loved the payoff. I, I get why they went back to his hometown to have the climax, but it's a bit it's a bit visually unexciting having it on a on a street when we're about to... They keep showing us this mushroom That's land. why I thought it was going to be a false end, because yeah. I was like, we're not going to finish here. Yeah. Um, mine is, no joke, I'll show you my workings out, uh, Robotnik and Agent Stone should have a little kiss, uh, because <laughs> the tension is there and it's unbearable. Um, just a little kiss, just nothing, you know, something chaste, but why not? I said this before, but make him run in a fucking loop around something, obviously. And that's kind of it. Like, uh, you haven't done Does he not change. run in a loop? Have I not? No. Do you want to do my change? You said you... Go on. Uh, get rid of that fucking Olive Garden sponsorship. Oh, my God, that is so bad. Yeah, it, but and I, what, I think what annoys me the most about it, that end sequence where the government general comes to the house and gives them a gift card for the fucking Olive Garden mm-hmm. yeah. and then talks about the never-ending pasta bowl, yeah. which is a real thing at yeah. the Olive Garden. Yeah. Mm. I hate the fact that the filmmakers have gone... But we're kind of all in on the joke. Yeah. Like because we've put it up front, we're being so brazen about it. It's mm. kind of like, ha ha ha, we're joking. It's like, well, then it's not that, it's ugly. Well, that's the thing. You, and the filmmakers I think of as the, the writers and the director, and you know that that's got nothing to do with them. Mm. And I do know that they did do, had a different kind of joke there, but. These things happen, you know. This shit gets sold, and then you. No, but that I agree. No, I agree. It's a very, 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 it, very ugly moment, and it's a joke that doesn't even travel. No. You know, because I don't think we have Olive Garden here, do we? We don't. No. no. So it's... Oh, there, I looked it up. There is a restaurant called Olive Garden, but it's not part of the chain. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's it. It's, it's just that. It's just I think they should kiss each other, and I think the Sonic has to run around in a loop. I, even Are you sure he doesn't run around in a loop? I'm not 100 percent sure, but when he when he sees the building, I've forgotten the name of it. The building in San Francisco with his rings on top. Did you think he was going to run up it? Yeah, I did. So did I. Yeah, I and like, I, he, Sonic's getting in a lift. Yeah, it it's stupid, wrong. isn't it? So why not make that building a curved? It doesn't need to be on top of a, a straight vertical building. It could be a curve of some sort, and then I he gets s- to see that. I thought he might <gasps> do it with Apple HQ. I thought he might do that when he's globetrotting, but if he doesn't, then no. Nah, no, because he does. He runs past the pyramids, mm. past the Eiffel Tower. No, fair enough. Oh, and there's <laughs> could have done it around the Arc de Triomphe. Yeah, there's yes. there's another example of. I know you. I know there are elements that you like in, in in this, but Jim Carrey, where he pops out in Paris past a mime, yes, and he could say anything, yeah, and they've gone bonjour, monsieur. It's like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that is your line. Anything. It's and ADR is it meant to be anyway. Intentionally offensive that you've run past the Eiffel Tower and there's a mime artist. <laughs> like, it's just a little bit like this is what we think France looks like. I I, I know it's more the line. It's more the, there's nothing funny about that. It's like you you could have a little gag there. Bonjour, monsieur. Yeah. It's like, do you think we don't know it's France? He should say something extremely complicated and technical in French to prove he's a genius, <laughs> yeah. like whatever that would be. Um, yeah, so I think we're done. Are we done? We're done. I think we're done. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, it was me this week, wasn't it? So mm. it's time for the verdict. <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Right, Victoria. Yeah. Why don't you go first? So I've only... Re- look, and I never do what, that. What I is... normally put, look... Okay, do you, do you want me to read it or are you going to read it? I'm going to read it. Okay. It's very short. Sure. The winner is Sonic the Hedgehog because Super Mario Brothers is unwatchable. Mm. That's it. Okay, mine's quite short as well. Uh, one of these is depressingly bad. The other is Super Mario Brothers. I'm voting for Super Mario Brothers. I'd rather see a movie try and do something bewilderingly off the wall and fail than sit through a paint-by-numbers cash grab. Uh, Mario's a piece of crap. Um, and I hear people, you know... Uh, 
Roland Joffe saying, oh, it, maybe it transcends taste and it's come People right around the way to become shit, interesting. Though, yeah, yeah, and it doesn't. It's just a piece of crap. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, whereas, it's so interesting. Whereas Sonic is an actual movie. I think it's a good kids movie. Uh, I'm a bit old for it, but I can see its merits uh, if I was eight years old. And yeah, I think it's one of the best video game movies. It hasn't got much competition. We obviously <laughs> we obviously did one recently in, in Detective Pikachu. The difference here is they made this movie about Sonic, whereas Detective Pikachu wasn't really about <laughs> Bloody Detective Pikachu. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's Sonic the Hedgehog um, because it ain't a piece of crap. You're right. It's, it is the highest grossing video game adaptation in America, at least. I know that. I don't know about globally. Yeah, maybe people have got to stop trying. Maybe it's just not possible. I mean, it made like three or three hundred and fifty million or something, didn't it? Did it? Oh yeah, it was. It was big. And right, you got, and you got Idris Elba as Knuckles. That's so brilliant. Mm. Is it? Yeah. I don't. Think, I don't think he's a very good voice actor. <laughs> oh no, really? I don't really don't. What? Know. Okay. I, I'm, I know there's something that you're thinking of. Every 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 performance, I think, when he does the he does the animation, the voices. He was in the um. Is it Lion King? I he was quite no. Bad in that. I'll tell you what. He is quite good in. Um. Uh. Is okay. Finding Dory. He's funny as one of the seals in Finding Dory. Oh yeah. So yeah. Hopefully Seagulls. we'll get that. Yeah. No, a seals. It's the seals sitting rock. out on the rock. Yeah, outside Sorry, the aquarium. I, I wish I'd not brought it up now. Sorry. Okay, I thought they were birds, but I'm thinking of something else. No, that's uh, mine. Yes. Mine. That's, from, that's from the first Finding that's, Nemo. Yeah. First, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine hiring Idris Elba? Here's your line, Idris. Mine. Mine. Really? That's it? it no. was a uh, they did ago. that to Vin Diesel, to be honest, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't expect him to spend seven hours in the voiceover booth going, I can do it again. <laughs> I am Groot. Okay, Vim. We get it. You're into this. Right then. Sonic is obviously the winner I expected. No less. Back to regular service then next week. Chris's clue on Monday was, you can't remember, can you? What are you looking at? Yeah, right. uh, Terror in the Great Outdoors. Okay. Terror in the Great Outdoors. Do you know what the films I mean, are? No, I'll tell you how I'm feeling right now. Very, very excited because it sounds to me like horror. And if it's horror, I'm going to be over the moon. But if it's a clue that is like, oh, I've twisted it. It's like, you know. Ah, <laughs> That's his impression of you. <laughs> right? He does the same for me, but he goes, oh, baby, baby, baby. And then for you, you get this like little nasally nerd voice. Yeah, it's, See, if ver- it's, if it's, it's very rude. If it's not him setting us off against each other, <laughs> it's me setting like, you two against me. <laughs> Either way, I'm the loser. Okay, I'm going to change who gets what film now. Okay. No, why? So, Vicky, uh, you are getting the Burt Reynolds movie Deliverance. Uh, that is available to rent on Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube and Google. Uh, Alex, you are getting the movie Southern Comfort. And that is available to rent on Amazon. Writing it down. Southern Comfort. Amazon. Never seen it. Exciting times. Mm. I do remember us discussing this now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. That is your homework as well for next week. Southern Comfort versus Deliverance. Which is the earlier movie? Deliverance is the first movie. Great, then. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashPod. We are back on Monday talking Deliverance. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. This was a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.